Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. In our business, there is no second place. Either your first or your last. Exactly two minutes remain in this football game. Dallas leads Green Bay 17-14. Star on third down. Third and goal. Quarterback. Touchdown. With 14 seconds left. The Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions, NFL champions for the third straight year. Star lays it up for Freeman and it's incomplete. Or did he cave in the catch at the 15? Yes. What are they going to roll it? He caught it. Touchdown. He did what? Rodgers in trouble. It's going to get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone. It is caught for the win. Richard Rodgers with a walk-off touchdown. The final snap of Super Bowl 45. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Talk of the Tundra, your GSPN Green Bay Packers podcast. Thank you once again for joining us. Uh, probably on a weekend, maybe a Labor Day weekend where you're enjoying a nice summer shandy to end the summer. No free, some sun. no free ads. No free ads. No free ads. Nice summer theme beverage. <laughs> of course, uh, joining me again uh, this week is Ty Winish. Ty, how are you doing? I'm good, Numak. I burst on the scene to remind <laughs> you, you know, hey, if if mining moogles or some other brewer would like to send us some product and or money, you know, we can shout it out all the time. But until then, no free ads. But excited no to ads. excited for this update. Absolutely. Um, quick has a bit of housekeeping for you listeners. You are probably expecting the NFL, uh, I guess, overarching over-unders for all the teams in NFL division by division. That podcast will come early next week. Um, but for today, we have a quick update just on some practice squad and 53-man rosters uh, moves that the Packers and Brian Gunnikas made this week. But before we jump into that, if you haven't already... Uh, to if you're not already subscribed to the GSPN text line, text GSPN to three one zero three two to sign up. We'll be sending out a prompt uh, regarding the Packers' total season win. Uh, I guess total <laughs> total wins for the season. Uh, shortly here, we want you guys' input to see how well you think this team is going to go this year. If Matt Lafleur is capable of producing yet another thirteen win <laughs> season, or maybe exceeding that or falling short. So again. Uh, text GSPN to uh, 31032 to sign up. Yeah, excited to uh, – We it was first we just asked Bucks questions. We did a Brewers question this last week. I believe you got to weigh in on, on the responses to that one on the latest Cruising for a Bruising, our Milwaukee Brewers podcast. And now working the Packers because it's such an exciting time of the year for the Packers. And what better way to – you know, get a feeling where everyone's at than the record prediction, the classic prompt. Although – I do wonder if it'll just be 100% 13-4 and four given that Matt LaFleur track record. I guess we'll see. Right. Uh, Rohan is somewhere. Oh, yeah. Uh, beaming. Beaming. Yeah. That we're doing some sort of prediction on a podcast. He's, he's a proud co-host. <laughs> but that uh, wraps up all the housekeeping, I believe. Let's get into some of the moves that the Packers made this week. Obviously, with cuts on Tuesday, we saw the team go from quick math... 78 to 53 
and subsequently on Wednesday sign players to their practice squad. So real quick, I'll go through um, the 16 that they signed to their practice squad, and we'll talk about a couple of the moves that they made today on Friday. So uh, they kept quarterback Danny Etling, running back Tyler Goodson and Patrick Taylor, receivers Travis Fulgham and Juwan Winfrey. They uh, signed from Minnesota tight end Sean Bayer, so it'll be interesting to talk about that and how he fits into the, the realm of developing their tight ends, of which they kept four on their 53-man roster. Uh, offensive tackle Caleb Jones, they uh, were able to sign to their practice squad as well, which is good to see. Defensive tackles Jack Heflin and Chris Slayton. Outside linebacker Kobe Jones and Ladarius Hamilton. Inside linebacker Ray Wilborn. And then cornerback Keandre Thomas and Benji Franklin. And then later in the week, they ended. They did end up uh, signing Micah Abernathy to their practice squad, which is a big plus from me as the uh, Micah Abernathy stand of this <laughs> of this podcast. And today ended up cutting uh, Rico Gafford in order to possibly sign uh, Ahmed, their kicker. So, Ty, I guess what is your initial reaction to that slurry of moves? Yeah, I think my first thought pre the Abernathy and Gafford and, and potentially Ramiz Ahmed update, we don't have official confirmation, but I believe how it went with him was it was reported they would sign him, but they haven't yet. So the thought is right. that's why Gafford was released and then they will be adding Ahmed uh, in the next who knows when, maybe, maybe while we're recording, maybe a little bit after we're finished, whenever. Um, but my thought before the subsequent moves was – Glad they retained everyone. Essentially, all the players that we kind of talked about, you know, maybe a team would be interested. Maybe you're at risk of losing that player. You know, I know uh, we're going to reference him forever, but Andy Herman had marked Caleb Jones as a guy who was probably the most at risk for being claimed. He's still here. Heflin and Slayton, the defensive linemen who look good in preseason. And then I think Taylor, Goodson, and Winfrey, the offensive skill position players, who I think all certainly had their moments, especially Goodson and Winfrey, you know, in preseason or just even even over the last few years when they've gotten some opportunities. The fact that they're all still here on the practice squad is a good sign. I mean, they could obviously get plucked later on. We'll see what happens with other teams. But it seems like the Packers pretty much went and got everyone they wanted, including your guy Micah Abernathy after the fact, which that also feels like a nice win. As I think we talked about on the cut day pod, you know, we talked about like maybe the Bears could use someone's like Caleb Jones, but maybe they'd go after a more proven player. That's exactly what they did. They claim Alex Leatherwood on waivers, take on about half of his contract, which means it's really a bargain deal to look at, you know, a second round graded prospect picked in the first round. Um, but they don't go for the unproven Caleb Jones. So moves like that around the league, you know, O.J. Howard visiting with a team. I think Tyler Johnson was claimed by the Jaguars or no, maybe not. I forget who now, but somebody got Tyler Johnson. One of the I think high, it was the Jaguars. I know it was one of the high waiver order teams, yeah. right? The bad teams get first dibs on these guys. So repeatedly, by the way, like they, yeah. they hold waiver. They, they hold their spot in the waiver line so week three, throughout I the think. week. Yeah. I don't know why the start of the year it's so long. But, yeah, it's I think – was it the – no, the Jags got Ty Summers for some reason and, and none of these other guys on the yeah. Packers, which is a little odd to me, but we'll take it. Um, right. But I think it worked out well that there were some of those higher-profile guys that didn't make it through cut day because I think that allowed uh, these Packers guys to slip through and remain on the practice squad. Right. For what it's worth, O.J. Howard is reportedly signing with the Texans. 
which will be interesting. Oh, the Texans. So, Wasn't he visiting someone else? I don't know. I did oh. see that today, though, because uh, I picked him up in my like last round of Dynasty. <laughs> for that exact go. reason, because I don't know if, uh, if there's a lot of people that are going to be catching balls in Texan, in, uh, in, Houston, in Houston, and he can do that, so... Hopefully it turns them off my fantasy team, but nobody wants to hear about my fantasy team. No. <laughs> what they do want to hear about is more of these uh, signings. I do want to talk about um, briefly the the fact that they did keep all of their guys. It was so critical coming out of cut day that the Packers believed in all these pe- all these players that they cut. They wanted them back, and it's nice to see that they did get them all back. Stands Rico Gafford, who they cut, like we had mentioned earlier today. Um, we should probably cover 16. the move that led to Abernathy yep. getting released. I just realized I, was, I don't think we've yeah. gotten there yet. I was getting there. I was okay. uh, I was very sad. I was like, elated. I was, I was full of uh, jubilee to see Micah Abernathy make the 53-man roster. And he was he tweeted that he was blessed to uh to be in the position he was. Subsequently cut the next day as the uh, Packers signed Rudy Ford who was uh, on the Jacksonville Jaguars as of Monday, but was released as part of cut day. And he is a bona fide uh, special teamer. And Goody loves him. He called him one of the best gunners in the NFL. So given how much we talked about special teams and their issues these past few weeks, it's really good to see the team make a move for a guy that can uh, play that special teams role very very well and be pretty much an upgrade at the position that the Packers need the most. Micah Abernathy liked a tweet from a fan, it looks like, who, who this is the tweet. I just saw this because you, you mentioned another tweet. I was like, let me see what else he's been doing on Twitter. Quote, this is from Pocket Aces, Houston Gamblers, unofficial. I don't know what the hell is going on. <laughs> How much would you like to bet they knew they wanted to make this move? They just didn't want Micah to be picked up on waivers, so they waited until their waiver move to cut him. Hashtag dirty money. You deserve better than this at cover 22. I'm sorry, man. Interesting for uh, Micah Abernathy to like that tweet. I don't think he's thrilled with how things progressed, but I do agree I'm just getting a, a, a proven special teamer that the team is high on is yeah. probably a good move. Kind of interesting the Packers essentially swap out Ty Summers for Rudy Ford. I think Green Bay probably feels good about that move. Uh, we'll see how it goes for Jacksonville, uh, a team not exactly known for making the most cogent personnel moves in the right. NFL in these last few years. For what it's worth, I am also a fan of the move. <laughs> but the uh, the I'm going to quote Goody here in his press conference talking about the move. He on uh on Rudy Ford quote he's got the speed and physicality that we certainly covet we were looking at that situation for a while a little surprised that he got shaken loose but when he did we were ready to get on that so glad to see that they recognize that this is an issue for sure and not just letting it go <laughs> yeah i think that you know that's the funny thing about this packers team we have so much and we'll we'll do a full preview before week 1 of what we're going to be looking for but I think we'd all be lying a little bit if, if one of the first things we looked for wasn't like 
the first time they have to cover a kick, right? Like that's going to be like such a tone setter for the season. If they can yeah. come out really well week one against the Vikings, it'd be such a great sign. If not, that'd be uh, pretty concerning. But yeah, hopefully Ford can step right in and be that difference maker on the special teams units. The we fence, as many are calling it, which I don't know. How do you feel about the we fence? If it gives results, I'm fine with it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's my take. I'm really torn, uh, but it is fun to say, the we fence. It reminds me yeah. of when I turned Gary Harris into a portmanu and just said Garris. <laughs> That's that's the we fence. What what does it stand for? I haven't I seen the story on we fence. I just I just keep from, seeing it. It's from uh, the special teams coach. That's what he calls his special teams crew. Because they're like together or something. I think so. So I the offense really... and defense, like they hate each other. I guess that would fit right. on this this Packers roster. The last couple. The years. offense, the offense side it was. Yeah. Defense. Yeah, the defense. Little, is good. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it'll be good to see. Hopefully that this works out and that. It has the impact that they want to make. Um, to touch on the practice squad again, we didn't mention, uh, we went through the list, that of the 16 guys, they kept only 15, or there's only one player on the practice squad that wasn't in camp with them, and that's tight end uh, Sean Bayer. Ty, you had said before we had started recording that this is a uh, an intel move, because tight end Sean Bayer was signed from Minnesota. I guess, what is your take on... Uh, and the Packers signing this tight end. Yeah, um, I'm really interested by why it was this guy in particular, I guess. Um, he has not gotten to do a whole lot, and maybe it was as simple as they just wanted a tight end and didn't have one, and he was a tight end who shook loose. Uh, his last season in Iowa, he played four years there. He did not do a whole lot. Uh, 11 catches for 158 yards and a touchdown in seven games. So not exactly a blue chip prospect. Um, I'm going to guess this is probably a guy who's known more for blocking than receiving, which would make some sense with what the Packers look to do, wanting one of those guys around as a backup. So yeah, I think, you know, not a very wowing move. Again, as my conspiracy theory before the pod you know, this is the edge in Packers-Vikings week one right here. <laughs> you know, unless the Vikings go and get Rico Gafford to even the odds, the Packers clearly going to have a huge leg up thanks to the intel provided to them by Sean Bayer, but, or Bayer, however it's pronounced. But I'm guessing this is uh, really just trying to get, you know, a rough approximation of a kind of tight end that they're looking for in terms of a guy who can get out there, block, uh, again, not super familiar with this game, but I'm just going to assume that a guy who only caught 18 passes in four years at Iowa is probably a guy who can do a little bit of work in the blocking game. For what it's worth, he looks like a guy who went to Iowa. Like He looks like he's a big dude. <laughs> he is a huge dude. So um, we, had, we moved away from it, and but I, I remember a, a comment I wanted to make touch on it briefly regarding Micah Abernathy's re-signing. Yeah. I'm going to keep coming back to Micah Abernathy because he's my favorite you. player. All, all year. Out of all camp. year. Dramatic last-second victory. He's not even active for the game. You're going to work yeah. Micah Abernathy. You know what? It would have been an easier win if Micah Abernathy was out there and that's that right. punt coverage. I got to get myself a number 46 <laughs> safety jersey. No. Did you hear? You didn't hear? No. He took Giannis's number. He's back and got a signed 34. I like 34. Yeah. I like get that 34, 34 Abernathy jersey. Um. I'm really happy they signed them, as aforementioned, but 
I was nervous when they had cut him to worry that this was going to become a Russell Douglas type signing, but in working against the Packers. Like, obviously, Russell Douglas was cut by the Cardinals before he signed with the Packers and becomes one of their best corners um, on the team and one of the best corners in the league. And that's all they could talk about last year on the commentators and the team, this, that. He really showed himself his, his worth when he came and tried out. And I was really nervous that this was what Mike Abernathy was going to do for another team somewhere else and come to um, sort of bite the Packers in the butt. So, again, last, I'll, that'll be the last bit I touch on it. I'm glad that we didn't get reversed for Sewell Douglas. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's always a good sign. I think <laughs> one one good point that may have been missed in all of the the mo- frenzy of moves and everything, and and you know players coming in potentially going out. This is again from Andy Herman. I just saw he had shared this this morning. Probably an underrated storyline so far that we got to where we are right now without any of Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Tunyon, and Watson all going on pup, IR, any of that, all just on the active fifty three doesn't necessarily mean they're ready to go right away, of course, but it does mean that the team is not expecting these guys to be out. What, the shortest one of those lists is four games, right? Is that pup list? Yes, they did miss the minimum of four. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe they're all missing three or something. Maybe they end up missing four and they don't get back on time, but at least it seems like sooner than later for most of those guys or all of those guys, which that is good news, although I think we share a little bit of skepticism of at least Watson being ready to go quickly because of his yeah. unfamiliarity with the offense. Whereas the other three guys, they're vets. I think when they're healthy enough, they'll be ready to step in and play. Yeah. When yeah, when Jenkins, uh Bakhtiari and Crosby are all healthy, they'll good to go. Crosby we'll touch on in a minute because I want to talk about that. But I don't think Christian Watson is going to be seeing many snaps to start the year. I think because of pure talent alone, Romeo Dobbs is going to be seeing snaps to begin the year because we saw what he did in the in the preseason and just the talent that he has, that it's going to be so hard to keep him off the field just from a coaching perspective and a fan pressure perspective. We know that Packs are pretty good about not giving in to fan pressure, but this kind of makes sense from both sides. So... I think it'll be sort of exponential how much we see Christian Watson if he succeeds in his chances early in the season. Like he might get one 
target one game to the next game and just kind of climb if those targets are being used for something useful and he's not making mistakes that are critical to the success of the offense. Yeah, I think what's interesting to me is Rodgers continuing to talk up Sammy Watkins. And I think we I think we know to expect the huge week one. I guess we can't get too excited about that until week two, how Sammy Watkins plays. But it would be interesting if they could get a better season out of him. I know when you run down all the things that he's basically gone through and dealt with over the last few years, it's been a while since he's had like a healthy normal season. So maybe there is more in the tank than I have kind of thought about as I, as we go into this season. Obviously we hope Lazard looks like a legit WR one, if not like a all pro WR one, which is probably way too much to expect, but yeah, it, the the wide receiver room is so interesting because it seems like there's almost a logjam of guys around a similar skill level, and it's going to yeah. come down to a who can play the best, b who can develop the most rapport with Rodgers. So the vets definitely have an advantage there. I do think it's going to be uphill sledding for certainly Watson and even Dubs to an extent, but I think they will have a shot to to get some run, as you said, depending on. If you get you know a quarter because somebody's injured or whatever in a certain week, it's going to be imperative that the young guys can impress in those limited reps. Right. I think it'll be interesting to see what Sammy Watkins does, and we're getting a little bit into the nuances for this cut day pod, but I'll say true, it true. anyways. But the talent that Sammy Watkins had to play around was always not really that beneficial for him, Right. In his first three years with Buffalo, he was getting thrown the ball by um, E.J. Manuel and Tyrod Taylor. Not exactly um, high-powered quarterbacks. Then he went to L.A., or he went to the Rams for a year and was catching balls from Jared Goff. Again, not the most high-talented quarterback. He didn't have three years in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes, but he was the option behind Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, at least, um, like during the good weeks. So... And then uh, last year, he played the season with Lamar uh, Jackson, who only played 12 games. And I won't say he wasn't wide receiver one or close to the top, but he also had to play with uh, Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown. So he wasn't really ever the number one option. And none of those guys are at the talent level that Aaron Rodgers is at right now. You could argue Patrick Mahomes is, but not being wide receiver one or two in that offense probably held him back. So if there is upside to Watkins, it's that he has a chance to be wide receiver one or one B with Al Lazard with an all pro MVP level quarterback for the first time in his career. Yeah, it'll it'll be exciting to to see how it goes. But you're right that Sammy Watkins was not on the roster bubble, not a cut day. Sure wasn't. <laughs> so do you have any more takes on cut day for the Packers or I guess post cut day is what we're really digging into here. Yeah. I'm um, just happy oh, yeah. to see. No, you said Crosby. Have you talked about? Oh, no, we haven't. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have something short on defense that we'll get into Crosby. I'm just happy to see Chris Slate and Jack Heflin back. That's really my take on the defense was that I wasn't really too knowledgeable on uh, Kobe Jones, Ladarius Hamilton, and some of the other guys that kept on defense. I was just happy to see they kept Heflin and Slayton um, back on the practice squad so they can, can continue to develop and have their chance to make the roster. Um, for sure next year, if not get called up to have a chance this year. So it's just good to have those 
guys stashed to be continuing to work on their game so yeah i think when i look at this list there's a few guys that stand out to me as like oh if they got called up to be depth in a given week i'm not worried like we talked about if etling has to get called up that's terrifying but like if tyler goodson has to be a, a running back winfrey at receiver and then heflin or caleb jones on either side of the line there's like a as a depth thing more than anything you know, there's no concern with me about that. Like, obviously, you'd rather have, like, starters and, and the main backups right. healthy. But I think those are really strong depth pieces. And I guess you could say Micah Abernathy at safety as well. Those are guys who, if there's just some sort of injuries that are affecting your depth there, I think you feel pretty pretty good about any of these guys stepping in to be the new backups for a week or two. Right. Okay. So moving on to Mason Crosby. The sentiment coming out of, at least on Twitter and some of the spheres we're in with Packers things, was that coming out of cut day and cutting uh, Ramiz Ahmed was the signal that uh, that Crosby was 100% and that he was one of the last players to be added to the practice squad. He wasn't actually added to the practice squad on Wednesday like we had seen, kind of reported by some other people in Packers media. And he's expecting to be signed this Friday or I guess today is what the plan is as we touched on earlier what is a little concerning is that they're doing that rather than giving it to somebody else like Rico Gafford like we touched on it I believe in the last episode if not you and I just talked about it but that kickers can be signed in season relatively easily a lot of them are always ready and they don't need to know the playbook like a, like a QB does. Like having Danny Etling be a backup and learn, and knowing the offense on the practice squad is important in case something uh, catastrophic happens with Love and Rogers. But you can sign a kicker off the street to go in and tell them just to kick the ball. They only need to know a couple sets for fakes and play calls like that. Otherwise, they just go do their thing. Having Reza met on the practice squad kind of seems that Mason Crosby's injury might be more, not that it wasn't serious, but it might still be serious going into week one than we initially thought. The sentiment has been he's expecting 100% to play week one. He's said that pretty much all offseason, but going from confident that Mason Crosby is healthy and going to be healthy for the season on Tuesday when they cut Reza Med to now being like, 90% sure that he's going to be healthy for week one the rest of the season. Yeah, I think John from the Discord posited this theory to me when we were chatting about what it means that Ahmed would be on the practice squad. What if he's what if Crosby is mostly ready to play, but also considering hanging it up after this year? You know, kind of a down season last year. You know, as we discovered, he's not as old as we think, but you know, who knows how long he wants to kick or, or how right. he's feeling and everything else. I mean, we've obviously seen players walk away from the NFL earlier than they maybe had to. So right. an interesting thought as well. And maybe we're just reading too much into wanting to keep a good kicker around just in case something else happens with Crosby, which is also an option. But I do think it means something that they would. I mean, basically giving up Rico Gafford, a special team, a, a, a wee fencer, I guess who I believe the uh, new, is it, how do you pronounce the new special teams coach name? Biascata? 
think it's Bia Sacha. Bia Sacha. That makes a lot more sense. Apparently, he liked Gafford, though. So, you know, I certainly think it means something to give up on at least a promising special teams player, if not otherwise, because I know he was one of the guys who was bouncing around from receiver to corner, which generally doing that more than once is not a very promising sign for your NFL uh, future on either side of the ball, outside of right. the defense. But I, I think it means something. Right. I think it does have some significance. Like, I, th- I think I joked, I saw a TikTok the other day. It was, uh, you have to start one, bench one, cut one from Aaron Rodgers. And it was Jordy Nelson, Devonta Adams, and uh, Donald Driver. And he, he cut Driver because he barely played with them. But then his reasoning for uh, for benching Jordy Nelson was because he's a farmer now. And he's just like, oh, no, I want to. Yeah, he said he, he, said he packed on some pounds, I think. <laughs> I think he did. But I think like the sentiment is like similar between Jordy Nelson and Mason Crosby. Obviously, Jordy just kind of got old after his uh, last injury at the Packers and just didn't really have that sort of level of talent anymore. Um, but I think I'd see a similar sort of path for the both of them. I could see Mason wanting to go hang out with his family more and be sort of the dad that he wants to be and has been in the uh, Packers community for so long. But also, I don't think I see him being Robbie Gould, who's... I'm pretty sure still kicking for the 49ers, but that sounds right. It yeah, I don't know why he would ever retire because he just apparently Robbie Gold's only 39. I thought he was like 45. Robbie kickers just look old, man. (laughs) They just look old. We said we talked about it. It's the stress. I think I've seen. I I I think it's because I've seen Robbie Gold uh, kick balls for the Bears for so long for so long he's like the only Bears kicker I really remember at before he left obviously yeah I thought it, but he's only 39 so I guess the next one I guess will be Sebastian Janikowski I think he was at least 40 when he retired but for a second I thought you meant that Seb Jan was still kicking and I was <laughs> going to lose my mind dude uh he's the he's only 44 right now and his wow. last year <laughs> his last year was 2018 so he's Wait, he only 40. kicked until he was 40? 40. Wow. Yeah. Huh. How long did uh, Vinatieri go? Uh, he had to be into the 40s, right? 37. Not really. No way. I was Vinatieri kidding. is now 49. Okay, so he was kicking in his 40s. It hasn't been nine years since he retired. Correct. He, okay. he His last kicking season was in 2019, so 47-ish. Yeah. Okay. Okay, We're getting that, to it. That's good. That's good. I'm glad that that happened. Yeah, that was his age 47. His age 47 season, excuse me. Right. So to bring it all back around, yeah, I yeah. don't think Mason Crosby gets there. I do, if we're going conspiracy little stuff, like I, I can see that being yeah. sort of the reasoning. And I would be happier about that reasoning than is he okay to kick the season? For sure. 100%. Yeah. So... I don't think I have anything else to chat about regarding these moves. We're finally really getting to some football. It's yeah. It's November. November. It is <laughs> September second today. Nine days from this very podcast, Ooh. we'll be watching uh, some Packers football as the the Packers take on the Vikings in Minneapolis. So there we go. Well, yeah, we're one so more close. Thing. We have something else. Ooh, we another have, review. We have a review. Ooh. You haven't seen it. It's to the Discord form. I just sent it to you uh, on, on private message. But 
from okay. uh, it was just you can just go ahead and, and dive in here. I think you'll have fun. This wow. was a review sent specifically to make you read something. <laughs> um, I didn't expect it to make you read it as you basically putting words into your mouth, but I think that makes it even more fun. I can't believe it. I, I don't think I can read this out of respect for myself, but I will. <laughs> we got a five star review. You got to do it this for the is, five star. There was a photo this a, attached. This is a five star Spotify review from, I can't pronounce his, uh, the, the nickname, right? Is it, is it Wico or Wicho? I think it's Wicho. I think from, it's Wicho. From Wicho stand in the Discord, a.k.a. Logan. His review is as such, quote, I, New Mac is known, Wisconsin's number one Bayport Pirate supporter, hereby attest that I have never once hit a, quote, certified piss missile in my exploits as a part-time softball ball, full-time Oriole indulger. P.S. Luis Urias is the best player on the Milwaukee Brewers. Whether or not that uh, statement, uh, unquote, whether or not that statement is uh, notarized, we have yet to be seen. <laughs> whether or not it's true is definitely uh, debatable. We'll have to get Snopes in to, uh, <laughs> to fact check this and see if it's a flaming hot, uh, I forget what their, what their ranking system oh, is. But it's you, like false statement or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, lying pants off. That's what your pa- oh, pants okay. are on fire. Pants yeah. are on fire. So who who's to say that I noted Ash Robin and uh, Jaguar <laughs> uh, graduate is a Bayport supporter, but that's neither here nor there. Thank you, Logan, for I, your five star review. I can't think of we a better it. a better advertisement for the GSPN Discord than <laughs> this like one sentence that has like five or ten like inside jokes to the cord. So that's yeah. loaded. If you don't understand any of that, it's time for you to head on over to gspn.info and use that Discord link. Make Numak read something equally ridiculous as long as you leave us five stars. We're, we're <laughs> growing the numbers already on Apple and Spotify, so please keep it up because it really does yes. help us grow the show as the season gets going here. Yes, please, and thank you. So, Ty, you have nothing else? I'm tapped out. I'm ready for I'm ready for over-unders. I'm excited to do that pod and yell about the Cincinnati Bengals and probably We others. are going to yell about the Cincinnati yeah. Bengals. Us and oh, well, we won't we won't say who yet. Never say a guest before you record, but That's right. Not like quote unquote a guest. A guest. Let's leave it a at guess. that. Let's not besmirch anyone's name. Yes, but um all right everybody. Thank you again for listening to another episode of Talk of the Tundra. Uh as Ty mentioned, we will be back very soon with the NFL over-unders. Until then, enjoy your Labor Day weekend with a non-branded lemonade beer. Uh, Thank you again for listening. Please subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever. And we will talk to you soon. Ty, thank you for joining me. You're so welcome, Numak. Thank you.